welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy's Unearth Tips and Tricks. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. I'm your co-host, Brandon. And I'm the editor, Allie. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure hope. tonight. So, uh, today we have really great Unearth Tips and Tricks for you guys. And we want to start with our monster. Uh, our monster variant is a, you're going to start with a stat block of the giant ape stat block. Um, we like to make it simple to smooth the ride in and you give you all the numbers easily. So reference that. It's called the Chain Lord Butcher. Yeah. So we are going to lose the giant ape's rock attack because we're not a giant ape. We're not throwing rocks. We're throwing razor sharp spike chains instead. So that's like paper. Got it. Spike chains. <laughs> So, uh, the new features we're going to give it is Spike Chain, which basically gives it a 25-foot reach as they swing the Spike Chain and smash into people, doing uh, quite a bit of uh, damage, 19 on a piercing on a hit, and forces a saving throw, or be pushed 10 feet and knocked on your ass. That's a lot. That sounds good. Oh, we got better. So, more scissors than paper. Got it. <sighs> Whatever. And, of course, we're going to give it a reaction, overpowering rush, when the Chain Lord Butcher is hit with a ranged attack. It can use its reaction to move in a straight line and attempt to make an attack with its spiked chain, bashing any creature along its walking path, forcing a saving throw, or knock them bitches prone. And they have to rock again. So what do you guys think about this? This big giant beast of a monster with a giant chain. Now, if you don't know, this is actually based off of a, uh, a Minotaur art piece we have. If you don't know, on our Patreon, we have full lore, backstory, art, and stat blocks available if you want to check that out. Uh, Patreon.com slash Great Academy. Anyway, uh, and so he basically just swings this thing around and bashes people's faces in and sends them off, uh, off flying off. Where do you think the combat for this would best be presented? Uh, on a cliff. On a cliff, on yes! A cliff. What about you? In a cave. In a cave? Get out of here with that shit. This cliff's in caves. And fissures. That's a fair point. What about you, Ellie? Selectors and selectmites, pointy things. Oh, we're going to come back to that. Don't let me forget. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> well, yeah, because I, I imagined an enclosed area. You know, an enclosed they area. They can't escape? Okay. That they can't escape. Yeah, because they've There's got nowhere the spike to hide. chain. Yeah, nowhere to hide. Specifically, I'm thinking of like a Zelda dungeon. I mean, right? they're butcher. You've got the swinging spike hooks. chain going around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you say? Meat hooks. Oh, yes. So uh, we got our audience is talking about uh, meat hooks and meat lockers and restraining them when they're bashed onto them. I love that. Ian mentioned uh, uh, stalactites and stalagmites. Um, I'm a big fan of dynamic combat. So using that chain to knock down stalactites that come falling down, not only does that make a, a force like a deck save to like get out of the way, but now you have uh, altered terrain and now you have cover where you didn't have cover before. And I think that's awesome. What do you guys think about this? It's a terrifying monster. I know. It makes me think of great? the think of the butcher from uh, Diablo Three. I'll, uh, I'll tell you so, what. He pulls instead of pushes. Well, when this thing is in the field, I'll tell you what. You players are not alive. I was gonna say safe. Oh, safe. <laughs> <laughs> They're not safe. Sorry. All right, so overall, this is a pretty straightforward monster. Um, the fact that it has an overpowering rush reaction means it can do stuff on other people's turn, despite it being a lower CR. Um, which I think it's a CR6, by the way. Yeah. That's brutal. So this is going to be a challenging fight. Uh, uh, just uh, drive home the point how dangerous uh, the regular giant apes are. Yes. My party bard one time, she, well, shipped to a giant ape, and the barbarian was only afraid of the bard for the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. 
All right. Uh, this is pretty straightforward. You can get it if you want to. You can head on over to CritAcademy.com slash blog and get the whole – all our show notes and everything so you can get this as a reminder. Uh, pick that up. Uh, Brandon, since you were giving me a hard time, and you want to tell us about our encounter? Our encounter is called Br- <laughs> Brodence. No? Brodence? Brodence. That's Br- weird. Why were you laughing? I thought that was a good name. Bro Rodents. You're welcome. The sewers are a dark and dangerous place infested with all manner of vile creatures. <laughs> but for the characters, this is, just, this is just another day on the job. They've been hired by the city guard to investigate reports of were-rat activity in the sewers. And if what they've been told is true. Were-rats are awesome. If you haven't used them, why not? <laughs> then, there, then there's a whole nest of the creatures down there. The were-rats are clever, though, and have hidden their base well. It's going to take some serious investigation work to find it, but eventually the characters will catch a break, and they'll be able to track the were-rats to their lair. Hey, look! Chase crumbs. Lair? <laughs> well, we are talking about lair actions in this episode. Did you them lair actions? Um, no, the I didn't. Um, the, 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 the were-rat, the, the, yeah, the book actually has ones for were-rats, so definitely if you picked up Home Field of Advantage. Of course, of course, getting there is only half the battle. <laughs> the were-rats won't give up their leader without a fight. And they've got all manner of foul creatures that they're beck and call, including gelatinous cubes. I love gelatinous cubes. Clean something. Of course you do. <laughs> keeps well, the, courage keeps the and clean. determination, the characters will hopefully prevail. And maybe, just maybe, they'll also be able to get some information out of the were-rats that will lead them to their leader's whereabouts. I'll never get, talk. Do you get please. it? Oh. Go on. <laughs> I'm listening. What do you think, Ellie? I think that this is an interesting take on the classic um, "Get the Rats Out of the Basement" starting adventure. It definitely is. is. Big. Um, is so that what just talk. I really like this speak for a number of things. First of all, I'm stupid and punny, and that's why he was laughing at me and saying it was stupid that I named it Brodents. But also, the idea, the concept of a person who squeals on people is called a what? And they, that's the goal. You have to get them to rat out their were-rat leader. Was that a little too on the nose with this one? <laughs> Where the rats are. <laughs> I really like this concept. It's super simple encounter, and I think you can get a lot out of it as far as uh, exploration through tunnels and sewers, negotiation, intimidation, uh, magical manipulation, or bribery with cheese, apparently, <laughs> I think is a good one. I like encounters, I like adventures that are based around stuff like this because it gives us a lot of opportunity to hit on all three pillars. And I keep reiterating that because so many people forget the exploration pillar exists or the lore pillar exists. It's either we roleplay and we do combat, and that's it. Those other two pillars are just as important as the uh, combat pillar, unless you're Ian, then not so much, right? He's just like, dude, just give me a room full of a chain full of rooms of combat to stab stuff, and I'm good, right? Some days. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for our encounters, <laughs> Brodens. <laughs> now, next up on deck, we have our magical item, the Death Blossom. The you Death know. Blossom only grows on desiccated grounds, places where necrotic magic has been used in their ritual to raise the dead. The black leaves of red sputterings are reminiscent. Of spilled blood. And for those of you who don't know what magical reagents are, which this is, you can use it as a spell component to enhance spells, make them better. And this particular reagent is rare. Like how I like my steak. <laughs> I'll tell you what, not <laughs> everyone agrees what a rare is, and it pisses me off sometimes. 
I know. Some people might get too well done. You mean medium? That's what, what I mean. <laughs> if I can ride at home, it's rare. <laughs> uh, All right, go ahead. Anyway, when you use the Death Blossom, when you cast Animate Dead, or a similar spell or feature that creates an undead servant, you can add the Death Blossom to the material components. And if you do, the creature summoned by the spell has her AC, attack bonus, damage... Use that in a, uh, as a reagent well, for the Magical Blacksmith. And now he's got a a rapier that's a flame tongue, but with ice. It deals ice damage instead. Oh, that is cool! And he waited a month for it to get, <laughs> be made. What about you, Ellie? What do you think about this? Yeah, I don't typically use a lot of uh, spell components in my games. Uh, yeah, it usually just ends up being a lot to keep track of. And then you're like, okay, when do I take the time to find them? Uh, kind of breaks up pacing. But I, I like the addition of these for these types of like super powerful spells. I think that's so cool, especially like I never think of it, you know, especially in tandem with with some sort of like necrotic spell like mm-hmm. this. You know, I really want to do an experiment where I play a game with players and the one rule that we have to follow is encumbrance. And they have to <laughs> make sure they keep a track of all their stuff. As a guy and, who plays Celesta, you will hate weight it. And all that stuff. <laughs> And I want to see how they react when they get that point where it's like, I can't carry anything more. Are they going to just start dropping stuff? Or are they going to be like the whole Skyrim thing where you go through inventory and start, start hiring hirelings with backpacks just to lug the stuff around? <laughs> I'm just wanting yeah, to carry your burden. Donkey. Donkey. Come here, donkey! <laughs> um, I think this is uh, interesting. First of all, it sucks. I play Celesta and I'm throwing so much crap away, I hate it. Uh, anyways, if uh, I turned off the encumbrance settings, in these, yeah, you turned it off, <laughs> bastard. Um, uh, these are pretty fun because they give you an opportunity to ex- uh, expand on the exploration pillar, right? Yep. If the player characters that are spellcasters knows there's artifacts or elements or things that they can find in their travels, a simple nature check will allow them to search for things like this and say, "Oh, you know what? That's a really unique flower. All you herbalisms, you're welcome." <laughs> the, that, that's an interesting flower and it's rare we should go and uh, 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 harvest it what'll happen? well, turns out if you add it to the material components of the raised dead spell they get a little stronger that's cool and it allows you to em- embellish a part of the pillars that gets ignored um, and exploration is definitely the first one to go in most games by the way, I want to mention something too that uh, my wife had mentioned um the reagent that I just had recently drawn for you, the Whispering Shrooms that you had posted. Oh, yeah, the ones that you drew like Mario uh, uh, toad, toad guys with lips? Yes, my wife looked at them and she said, it looks like a fey band. <laughs> I'm stealing that. I like that. <laughs> Anyways, um, that'll do it for our magic item, the Death Blossom. Um, if you're listening to this, I just want to say our exotic equipment perks is funded and live on Kickstarter. Woo! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get excited. So, um, it, it, I want to thank everyone who has supported, shared, purchased, and, and or backed our Kickstarter for exotic equipment perks. Thank you very much. Help us reach those stretch goals and make more work for us. Do it. Do it now. Oh, it's, gu- it's guaranteed. If you put mind you, you're gonna get it now. Yeah. Yeah. We already wrote it all. <laughs> That's the hard part, getting it written down. It's gonna be pretty. Uh, and that's and yeah. artwork. And other stuff. We got some good team checking it out, and yeah. of course, this is an expa- uh, uh, a follow-up with our most popular 
uh, product, the extraordinary or the uh, weapon perks. Yep. So please consider checking it out at <laughs> rebrand.ly slash exotic perks. Yeah. And if you're hearing this after our Kickstarter has ended, still head on over there because then you can pre-order it anyway and help, you know, support our small team. All right. Uh-huh. Ellie, would you like to tell us about our Dungeon Master tip? Yeah, our Dungeon Master tip is how to deal with bored players at the table. Oh. It's actually really hard to do sometimes. Yeah, I really, yep. I feel like I struggle to keep Ian's attention most days. What? <laughs> okay, maybe not. <laughs> As Dungeon Masters, we can sometimes lose the attention of the players during the game. While most times it's just one player, on a rare occasion, a session may not be going the way we want. So what can we do when our players seem disengaged or uninterested in the story? A common recommendation is to disrupt the flow of the game. Ooh, do you got any examples? You could introduce a new character. You could... Ooh, that's uh, good. Yeah, have the, have the big bad show up and, uh, you know, throw things around a little bit. I like that. What do you guys think? I, I've recently done something like that to help a board player. A character, a player, recently broke a law by murdering somebody, and a bunch of guards saw him do it, and he got arrested and put in jail, and he split the party. And as I think I said this in the last like, time, is that the person he killed that weren't in here. No, S- split the. <laughs> as he was being arrested, the rest of the party saw him being arrested, and they go, "Nope," and they just took off, and they left him there. Um. When they had split, he had spent that time in the jail cell. I was like, oh, shit, he's in a jail cell. There's nothing to do in jail. That's the point. And he Supper. sat there. And so I, I started figuring, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? It's like, there's a goblin in there with you. His name was, his name was Yup. <laughs> Welcome to my cell. He's like, what are you in here for? It's like, oh, I don't know. And he started having this uh, split personality. He's like, oh, okay, I can see. <laughs> he's starting into a conversation with all the other uh, inmates and the guards, and he started bowed down from the guards and all that stuff. He ended up getting a uh, an offer from the mayor, who is one of the generals of the Big Bad, who's take all this town, and say, "Hey, uh, you go find your allies and you bring them here, and uh, I will give you a bunch of really cool stuff." Hey, you'll be released too. And he took it too, didn't he? Oh, yes, he did. <laughs> what do you think, Ian? That's definitely one way to go about it. What, have you had an experience like this? Oh. I'm sure I have, but there's definitely a few things, curveballs you can do to keep things moving along. Yeah. Such like, uh, something who are not paying attention, so I guess their pocket picked. Okay, that's a good one. That's a really good one. That's really common. So when we talk about uh, disrupting the flow, um, if the players are doing something and nobody's engaged, this term comes from explosions. Just have something explode. Yep. That seems a little over the top, right? Yes. There's no reason something like that couldn't happen. Adventurers are abound. Your adventurers aren't the only douchebags in town. Blowing stuff up, starting fires, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. No? Maybe? Because we always, we always know that. Players start problems. They burn down ends and everything. Have something happen. It can be an explosion. One of my favorites, and I still, I think I talked about this in the homebrew panel, or not the homebrew, the GM panel, is uh, in one of the uh, adventure paths in Red Large, uh, uh, a large... Uh, sinkhole opens up in the middle of whatever they're doing. Yep. It just happens. That's interesting. Even if it doesn't involve the main story, if my characters are bored, having a sinkhole open from something passing by, oh, and they get in there and they crawl in, oh, it's 
this is feces from a purple worm. Uh, we should probably leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the point is, is to make something that shocks them. And what, what happens is really not relevant. But it's the actions that the players have and that they can take that make it exciting. So uh, we, I mentioned explosions, right? That's the most common one where I, I saw this kind of um, disruption occur. And it says it's not about the fact that there was an explosion. The explosion's done. Whether they figure out who did it or not isn't important. What is important is how the players react. Okay, the building's on fire. That's one choice. Deal with that. Or there are a variety of people underneath the rubble and need help, bellowing for help. They're different ages. They're different social status. You've got several that are, are children underneath. You've got an older couple that is, is buried underneath. You have a noble who's screaming at the players to get over here and help me, stupid peasants. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, because okay. then there you we, get, say please. we get to expand <laughs> on characters, right? Because that's what it's all about, right? Engaging the players, engaging their characters. So when that happens, the greedy rogue might be like, well, how much are you going to pay me, sir? I got a lot of options out here right now, and I don't really like you at the moment. <laughs> you know, so and another person might say, I got to go save the children. And then my other, who's going to go save the old person? Well, the old person's probably going to die in a few weeks anyway. Is it really worth our time? Those are the choices you want to set in front of your players. And so when they're bored, make those opportunities for their characters to develop and make choices. Because that's what engages players. Would you agree? I Yes. Yeah, well, l let me also add, like, even if it's not, you know, a boring lull in the campaign, it's, uh, you know, maybe it's just a, you know, maybe you're doing a shopping episode and sometimes those just aren't the most fun or engaging all of the time. I think the word you're looking time. for is boring. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you could do something as simple as, like, change the weather, you know? Ooh, that's a good one. So now you're out shopping in the rain. How are you dealing with that while also, uh, you know, trying to get what you need? I like that. Is that Gene Kelly thing in the background? <laughs> oh, okay. You just t you touched on another uh, a good one. So we're talking about, you know, disrupting. We want to disrupt the board players at the table. The weather changing is a really good one because that might be related to some other thing you decide later on. Wizards can alter weather all the time, yeah. right? That's their shtick. And it's I, I think it's more of a druid thing. But hey. Well, okay. <laughs> Magic users. There we go. Is that generic enough for you? Yes. Stab you. Especially when you got a druid who's like, oh, I'm going to use druid craft. Let's see. Is it going to rain today? No, it's not. And like three hours later, it, it starts rains raining. Or like, storming or hailing. <laughs> to be fair, that druid becomes, for 24 hours. That becomes interesting. So now it starts hailing. Softball rocks are falling out of the sky. There's people out on the roads. Are the <laughs> players going to be like, oh, man, those people are dying? I'm glad I got a roof over my head, you know? Or are they going to take action? Are they going to be interested in why it's all of a sudden started hailing out of nowhere? <laughs> Sub-Zero. That's <laughs> fatality. Um, that's what make. That's how you break up board players. You engage their characters with choices. And if you can tie those choices to their personality, ideals, bonds, and flaws, it's going to go that much farther. Yep. Right? And there's like a small thing needs to be just too. Sometimes your players are bored. It just might be your fault. Uh, yeah, if th that is <laughs> something we do, we can suck, all right? Dungeon yep. Masters, you can suck. You can have a bad day. You can be not prepared. You could just not be feeling it that day. If the game just is sucking, just call it a night and say, you know what? I'm just not in the mood and end it. And if it's because you suck, ask your players what you can do to get better because otherwise you're just going to keep sucking. Yeah. Um, or sometimes a the hook you give is that terrible. <laughs> yes. 
don't give. Uh, that's why multiple hooks are important. I, I recommend at least two or three. Yep. Um, you don't want to throw out one fishing line and then them not be interested. As you're reeling it in, you're like, uh, bitches, take this. You can't reach into the water, <laughs> grab the fish, and say, take it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to throw it. So I like to throw out a couple lines, right? Um, all right, I think that'll do it for our Dungeon Master tip, uh, how to deal with board players at the table. I feel like I could talk an entire episode on that topic. <laughs> all right, our player tip of the podcast is... Don't, don't be, be a dick. dick! And you can avoid dickitude by listening to these dicks up here. Dang right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always talk about how much I love character development for my players. For me, it is my favorite part of the game. I love seeing interesting characters. I love seeing interesting stories. And I love to see the players share those with each other. That does not happen enough. Do you agree? Yeah. All right, players. So stop being a dick and share that information with each other. So how we, can we do that? I'm Ask. so glad you asked. We play 20 questions in character. So what is uh, 20 questions? It's a game that honestly is pretty old, but eh, who cares? You ever do this? I used to play at camping, right? Um, it, wor- uh, it, it works, so we want to do it. So you probably know how it works. Two people, uh, people sit in a room and they ask each other 20 questions to find out more about each other. Now, the 20 questions doesn't have to be all at once, right? You can – every time you go uh, – we take a long rest. What Each of you ask a question, right? So um... – how you doing? Oh, God, I'm going to stab you. Really? That's the best. Actually, I'm not doing. Actually, I got this. I got this. <laughs> well, I'm going to be honest. I'm not doing really good. I was trying to sharpen my dagger today, and I cut myself, and I lost my favorite bandana, and it's really just been pretty rocky for me lately. Did you put an antiseptic on it? What the hell is antiseptic? You're going to die. <laughs> what? No, I don't want to die. Do you you ha- poisoned your dagger. What you think was going to happen? <laughs> How do you? <laughs> what would you have done in my place? Not cut myself with a poison dagger? Okay. Well, let's, let's change it up a little bit. I know you're a bit <laughs> douchey to me sometimes, but I'm going to be honest. I like you guys. So, um, uh, Ellie, um, why do you keep that really long uh, uh, sword with that interesting hilt? What is, what is that? Oh, well, you see, it was a family heirloom. Oh, really? Is it valuable? His little smirk. Valuable, uh, maybe emotionally, sentimentally. The oh, looks over. Okay. Don't be thinking what I think you're thinking. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's so, an heirloom. So, you cannot sell it. All right. So it's made of air. Now, uh, so can you it's explain that to air. me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see there's this. Uh, like the there, there are special looms <laughs> that uh, that you can weave air with. Oh, that is fascinating. <laughs> I love it. Are you a loomist? I am not. Oh, what the what? I picked a dumb character. What can I say? <laughs> well, that's really fascinating. I really like that. Um. So, um, what, 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 why is it important to your family? If it's, you know, it's an air, you said it's an heirloom. Yeah, yes. It's been handed down for generations. Um, and it, uh, came from my, uh, great great grandmother who, uh, was in the War of the Great Alliance. Oh my god, the Great Alliance. I love that story. So she's dead Brandon, now. Got you are. Uh, yeah, shit uh, was off the top of her head, so that means you, that you can add. Brandon, so can you tell history. me about the you, – you were telling me a story once about the uh, – the what did you say it was? The War of the Great Alliance. The War of the Great Alliance, hmm? You know anything about that? It's a pretty I good story. a few things. Yeah, because you're a soldier, right? You you should be pretty well-versed. Can you give us some more detail? I'm sure that Ellie has a little bit of idea, but you're, you, you definitely as a soldier probably have more direct connection to it, huh? In the War of the Alliance, the humans, dwarves, and the elves work together once – to go against oh the Orc Horde, and we learned how to use Greek fire because of them. Is that when they learned not how to work together? 
This is the last time they worked together, if I remember right. Ah, yes. Looking over at the elf. Piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I paired the tray. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, 20 questions is a simple way. And every time they go to do a long rest, they do a camping, you just start off with a question to one of the players and then engage them across it and let them tie their stories together um, in a fun and interesting way. Now, obviously, we just made this up on the fly, so it's not really – I didn't – you know, we didn't really have anything. If I know she's playing a ranger that, you know, came from a specific clan, I can ask about that clan. Um, if Ian's character is reading a book, I can ask, why are you reading so much and why don't you put that down? Nothing good in paper. What good is just a bunch of scribble marks? Well, that would be true when you find out my character can't read. <laughs> I was just thinking, nobody can't read. <laughs> but it's it's a great way to uh, engage everybody at the table in your character building. Everyone. Not just the person telling the story. By the way, we know that this isn't like the actual game of 20 questions. Yeah. Yeah. No, Obviously, it's just the, it's just just the concept. The, the thing we called it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the concept, right? Where it's just asking questions back and forth one at a time. Um, because it allows you to build special bonds, sharing deep secrets, desires, fears. Um, and that's the stuff that brings your world to life. No matter how much we write as a DM, it's never going to be as interesting as the shit that the players come up with. Because <laughs> when I first saw this, my first thought was uh, two enemies are at each other's throats. It's like, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. 20 questions what fine i'm thinking of something number one through 20 this one than a red box yes it is is it a dagger it is yes (laughs) (laughs) uh all right so uh i i really think that this is something you should try if you're not um giving it a shot at least once this isn't as uh as thorough and complex as some of our other player tips but i feel like this one will build the game for everybody and could be a good time, could be the shocker or the uh, the disruption that you need in your game when it does get boring, right? Or you do have a moment where everyone's exhausted. Engage them in a conversation. So, we got anything else to add to that? Beware the yes. quiet player that has anxiety and such. This yes. might be something that's not for them. Yeah, and don't don't push don't push people into a situation that they're not comfortable. No. Offer them a chance to respond, and then if they're not interested, move on. Um, and I've definitely gotta... seen some players say no to something once, and the DM and or other players kind of pressing for it, and they clearly get more annoyed. And I did not find that. Yeah, don't bring it. Don't, don't be a dick. Bring them in slowly. Uh, it worked. I, I got two players who were very, very quiet and held themselves, and now they won't shut up. <laughs> That'll do it for our player tip of the podcast. Don't be a dick, and you can avoid dickitude by including twenty, 20 questions. questions. So, oh gosh, uh, I want to thank everyone so for joining us today here at GooseCon. Oh, okay, okay. Ah, 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 ah. 2022, uh, it's been great. Um, if you're listening to this in the future, <laughs> keep an eye out for the next one. Um, and head on over to the Majestic Goose Network and check out their podcast. they got some really great shows on there. Uh, we are actually uh, guests on uh, Lauren Poor, <laughs> where we get tore up drunk and talk as if we're experts on giants. Um, and somehow, yeah, we were not experts. Something about (laughs) wiping giants, wiping their ass with people. I don't, I don't really remember. I was pretty tore up. Uh, I was also on one shot onslaught. I played, uh, Teddy block. 
which was a spin on Eddie Brock, which was a lot of fun. Um, so definitely check that out and check out all their other content. I was speaking with some people from, uh, uh, I think Ernest is in here from uh, Crits and Nits. I'm really excited to give that a shot and listen to it. The idea of geriatric adventures just sounds awesome. <laughs> so please check that out in the show notes. We'll, uh, we'll or in the, the, the descriptions and stuff, we'll add links and drive you guys to those and check those out. Uh, if you enjoy the show today and you want to support us, head on over to criticemmy.com. Follow us on YouTube. If you're not following us on YouTube, subscribe. Make sure you're doing it. If you're listening on Twitch, go over to YouTube and hit subscribe. Follow us on social media. Leave us a review. All that jazz. That'll do it for our show today. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. I'm your co-host, Brandon. And I'm your editor, Allie. Thanks for listening. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes! Yeah, there's there's 40 people in this room. <laughs> No, we're not going to lie. Right? Yeah, there's 40 people. There are uh, how many? <laughs> woo! <laughs> how many chairs? Are, how many cheer, chairs are in this room? <laughs> oh. anyway, I promise uh, you, there are six tables and 40 plus chairs in this room right now. <laughs>